It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, along with your co-host, James Rapine. We've got a loaded episode for you today. We're going to talk about the best quarterbacks from the 2020 draft class for the future, according to PFF. They had two different articles come out today talking about the futures of these bright young quarterbacks, specifically focusing mostly on the first three, a little bit of respect given to Jalen Hurts in one of the two pieces and they came to different conclusions a little bit. We'll talk about what those had to say. Meanwhile, two other articles, one from PFF, one from football outsiders had a lot of good stuff to say about the Cincinnati Bengals secondary. How does that bode for the defense going forward? Does that give us perhaps a more narrow focus on what to improve on for this defense with whatever resources they choose to allocate on that side of the ball in 2021? Finally, James, you talked about this on allbengals.com. Field Yates today published an article on ESPN looking at some of the free agents that he thought might get paid a little bit more than what everyone expects them to get paid. And a couple of guys that are potential Bengals targets and Taylor Moten and Joe Tooney both made that list. So we're going to take a little bit of a look ahead and start looking at some free agents for the Bengals and what those price tags and the value to the Bengals at those price tags could be. James, let's start with the quarterback question. Everybody listening to this podcast, I guarantee you, actually, if we put out a poll right now on the Lockdown Bengals Twitter account, 95 to 99% of our listeners of respondents would say Joe Burrow out of Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and Tua Tungavailoa will be the best quarterback in the long term. (laughs) One of two PFF articles today agreed with that idea. And that was penned by PFF's Mike Renner. He's their head draft analyst. He's been on this podcast a lot of times. I'm sure we'll have him on between now and the draft. The other one, more driven off of strictly data, looking at regression analysis, likes Justin Herbert instead a little bit better. Look, they're going to be compared for the next decade. Whoever the Chargers hire at head coach, if he's better than Zach Taylor, that's going to put Herbert in a better situation. And Herbert's already in a better situation to a degree. But here's what we can say. The Bengals got their guy. And even if he doesn't end up being better than Justin Herbert, and I'm not saying Joe Burrow isn't going to be better than Justin Herbert. He very well could be. But even if he isn't, and Herbert ends up becoming the next Pat Mahomes, which is a stretch because I think there's one Pat Mahomes. But let's just say, right? I think that's okay because you don't know if that would have happened. The Bengals had a, a really close look at it as, as close of a look to Justin Herbert as, as anybody at the senior bowl last year. And and so look, may, Herbert has exceeded expectations for, for a lot of people, especially NFL Twitter. That's fine. Uh, I thought he was a great prospect. I thought he was a really good prospect with a huge arm that played in a weird, quirky, safe offense. And he, he's playing really well, but Ultimately, for this Bengals team, is Joe Burrow 
everything you need, the leader, uh, the guy who's, who's willing to not only take on the challenges, we talked about that on yesterday's show, uh, the competitor, all of those things, I think he is. And, and I still think he uh, is more likely than not going to be the best quarterback in this draft. But there are going to be plenty of people that say it's Justin Herbert. And, and if, if that's going to make you cringe, Bengals fans, get used to it, because that's going to happen for a while. And until the Bengals put the necessary pieces around Burrow to where he can really thrive and unlock it, then there's uh, there's going to be issues. And there's going to be people that, that doubt him or are just more pro-Herbert. And that doesn't matter at all. The important thing to remember, if you're a Bengals fan who who's recoiling or if, if you feel yourself tensing up and ready to argue, you're getting your flight or fight reflex triggered a little bit by somebody <laughs> suggesting that Justin Herbert might be better than Joe Burrow, let it go. It, it doesn't matter at all. There's a very strong argument without even comparing the two quarterbacks that Justin Herbert, if he were, have, if he were to have landed in Cincinnati, would have just wilted. I mean, the, the right quarterback for the right team, if, if you flip these two quarterbacks places, I'm sure Justin, or sorry, I'm, I'm sure Joe Burrow would have been just fine in LA. I'm sure Joe Burrow would have been just fine in Miami. I am very far from sure that Tua Tungavailoa or Justin Herbert would have thrived to the extent that they did this season, much more for one guy than the other, obviously, in Cincinnati. So you talk about team fit. I think Joe Burrow, absolutely the right guy for what the organization needed. But let's look at the numbers that drove these comparisons for PFF. The thing that Mike points out is that Joe Burrow in the intermediate passing game was a top five quarterback in the NFL period. Top five quarterback in the NFL period behind Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and Aaron Rodgers in his overall grade on passes targeted in the intermediate part of the field, which for PFF is a 10 to 19 yard range. You can absolutely kill it in the NFL with passes in that area. And furthermore, that is a stable metric that is going to be stable year over year, more so than things like passing under pressure, more so than things like passing the deep ball, both areas where Justin Herbert absolutely thrived. And if Herbert proves to be an edge case, and he can sustain those things year over year, then he's done something that PFF hasn't really seen a whole lot of. There is just a ton of variance in passing under pressure. There's a ton of variance in deep passing. The other thing that is a potential positive for Joe Burrow is that while he struggled passing the deep ball this year, that is not something that was an issue for him at LSU. We know this is a very unstable number year to year, and if the Bengals get better vertical weapons in this offense... We, we talked a lot about receivers this week for Mock Draft Monday. You can expect those numbers to improve in the future. Not only that, Joe Burrow just talked about that's one of the areas that he really wants to focus on this offseason. He's aware that that was something that didn't really click for him in his first year in the NFL. And who knows, maybe it would have down the stretch too. We, we were robbed of some games from Joe Burrow where this might not even be a conversation if he continued that positive trajectory down the stretch especially against some of the opponents that, that they had. I mean, he had lit up Washington in that first half. The next week against the Giants, you, you had Miami. Uh, you know, you, you had some teams where, yeah, if he had some good days deep ball-wise, it might not be a conversation. But th that's the thing is is when you talk about these two guys, and it comes up so much, right? Philip Rivers close to, to retirement. Ben Roethlisberger, there's re retirement in the air. Uh, what, what if those guys had flipped in the 2004 draft? 
Well, then Philip Rivers would be putting on a gold jacket and Ben Roethlisberger would. So what the Bengals do this offseason in, in moving forward, that's a big part of how successful Joe Burrow is going to be. You mentioned the vertical threat. Obviously, it's not just that. Giving him a little more time, doing both things, which that should be the expectation, adding that deep threat and adding to the offensive line this offseason. I think that's really simple for the Bengals to do, and they should be able to achieve that. Um, and, and then you can kind of see where Burrow is. I will say this, and we didn't see much of the Chargers without Herbert, but uh, we did get a firsthand look at it in week one. And then we saw what the Bengals were without Burrow. And that initial difference was so drastic. And I think Burrow had so many flaws. And it, it's it's crazy. But if I, I had a most valuable rookie, most valuable, I think the Chargers would have won five or six games with Tyrod Taylor. I think Burrow was clearly the most valuable rookie. So take that for whatever it is. I don't think I have, um, you know, orange and black glasses on when I say that. And yet, like you said, there's plenty of areas that he can improve and the motivation is there as well. Yeah, I mean, the thing that we've talked about all along with Joe Burrow that cannot be quantified by numbers is his drive to get better and just how believable he is when he says he's going to do something. You just believe the guy. Not to mention that that S-tier smirk. I don't know if anybody has a better smirk right now in football than Joe Burrow, that confidence that gets betrayed by that or portrayed by that smirk. The other analysis, I just want to talk about this quickly. It's way too complex to talk about in a short period of time. So I recommend you go read it. It's over on PFF. It's Understanding Rookie Quarterbacks with Clustering and Bayesian Forecasting or Bayesian Forecasting. I'm actually not even sure how to pronounce the word, but it essentially is a statistical approach by finding, based on regression analyses, the most stable metrics year over year for quarterbacking. They go into the percentile rankings for Herbert, Burrow, Tua, and Jalen Hurts in several metrics that they consider to be stable and several metrics that they consider to be unstable. Joe Burrow ahead of Justin Herbert in a few areas, Herbert ahead in some other areas, the ultimate conclusion was that they have a slightly better chance for Justin Herbert to turn into an elite quarterback in the NFL than Joe Burrow. But every indication says that Joe Burrow will be at least an above average starter. So go check that out at PFF as well for the details. We might have to get a statistician on to really talk us through some of the finer points at some point, because it really does get toward some more advanced math with R squared values and whatnot. But <laughs> There are two different perspectives on who the best quarterback might be in the future. And for Bengals fans, I'll reiterate this. I think Joe Burrow was the right quarterback for Cincinnati. You know who I really feel sorry for, Jake? Dolphins fans in Tua and what the hell they're going to do with their quarterback because he's not even in the conversation for best signal caller in this class. He's not, but there's a really good argument that says, hey, if you like Tua coming into the class, you should still like him. He's still young. Plenty of time for Tua. We'll see what happens to all these guys. Coming up next, though, we're going to reflect a little bit on the secondary. And maybe that was a strong point for this Bengals defense in the 2020 season. When it comes to getting in shape or staying in shape, first, grab a Built Bar. But second, I mean, nothing feels better than hitting your fitness goals, right? Built Bar is one way to do it, but you need to do the exercise part, too. And luckily, you've heard us talk about this before on the podcast. Echelon can get you there. 
Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, mirrors, rowing machines. They've got a new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity is, Echelon will give you a fun and challenging workout. You can do it from the comfort of your own home. That's the best part about it. The world-class instructors will motivate you. They've got thousands of daily, live, and on-demand studio-level classes, so they're always available whenever you want to get your workout on. Unlike their competitors, they're going to be affordable for everyone, and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Go check it out, echelonfit.com slash locked on. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash locked on. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. James, we started the show with a conversation from one analytics company looking at the future of quarterbacks. Now I've got more numbers from analytics-based websites Let's start with PFF. PFF put out today their ranking of secondaries in the NFL in 2020. And do you remember when one of our listeners in a mailbag asked us, hey, can you guys say something nice about Luana Rumo? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I think you said something about his nickname. I don't remember. I, I remember, though, that I said that one of the things that this defense has done pretty well is I think the secondary has been pretty good. Obviously, Jesse Bates had a fantastic year. Von Bell really came on in the second half of the season. I think William Jackson was generally very steady. And I think they got some splash plays from Mackenzie Alexander, who was a little bit up and down this season, but was battling injuries. And they got some really nice splash plays from Darius Phillips, who, again, a little bit of a roller coaster, but also dealt with some injuries. PFF says that the Bengals secondary ranked eighth in the NFL. They point out strong play from Jesse Bates, William Jackson, Darius Phillips, Von Bell, and Mackenzie Alexander. All of those guys having at least average or better seasons in the secondary. A lot of them much better than average. Obviously, Jesse Bates, PFF's top free safety in the NFL. They got a top 15 grade on Von Bell in the box. They have... Alexander, top 15 defensive back in the slot. William Jackson in the 70th percentile of outside corners. And obviously Jesse Bates, I talked about him already. So something to build on for this team. You've got a solid secondary. You keep William Jackson. You get Trey Waynes back. That's going to be a big shot in the arm for your depth. Maybe you need to figure out slot corner with Mackenzie Alexander on the market again. But you have a clear area to attack, and that's the pass rush, knowing that you've just dumped tons of resources into linebacker, and maybe you've got something in the secondary. And that's the thing, is outside of injuries, and obviously they were without Trey Waynes all year, In, in you know, William Jackson missed a little time, and you saw Darius Phillips get nicked up. But when they were healthy, and Jackson was on one side, Alexander was in the, the slot, and you had Phillips on the other side, it felt pretty good. It wasn't the LaShawn Sims is getting picked on show like that. The biggest gripe was probably what Von Bell in coverage. 
right? Which I, I think they got him out of coverage a bit later in the season, and he started to kind of get more comfortable in this Bengal scheme. And, and so, yeah, I, I, there aren't really any gripes on my end about the secondary. Corners are going to get beat. They're going to give up touchdowns. It's going to happen. But William Jackson the third showed what I thought he could potentially do. I know you and I were wondering what he was going to look like, thought he was going to be this guy that was going to earn a big contract, and I think he played well enough to do so. So if they keep him, the emergence of Jesse Bates, what Von Bell brings you in the box, I think you're you're spot on here when it comes to defense. It isn't linebacker, and I know there are some fans that just are so fascinated with linebacker. It's getting a pass rush and letting this secondary cook. What if Jesse Bates, who's 23 years old, who's younger than Joe Burrow, what if he takes another step this offseason? In next year, he's that much better. And he has seven or eight interceptions. And William Jackson III takes a, a mini step forward and looks like the guy that we saw way back in 2017 where he was making Antonio Brown look silly uh, about with the way he was locking him down. And I thought he was close to that at times this year. So I like the secondary a lot. There isn't much I would change. There is the question, I guess, about the the nickel corner spot. But you can find one of those. They'll be able to find someone that that can fill Mackenzie Alexander's role if he goes elsewhere. And who knows, maybe that's a a spot where they they draft. I saw one draft where uh, they were taking a corner on day two. That wouldn't shock me at all. We haven't gotten that far into the draft, but I I could see that happening. Um, But I I agree with you. Pass rush, outside of that, pass rush and really just uh, defensive linemen. They're really bad in the trenches, right? But defensive linemen, if they add there, the secondary could take another step forward next season. And linebackers, I think, are still a bit of an open question, but they've put so much toward that position. I don't think that they can really afford to. I think they have to see how this year's rookie crop develops in their next year. They have to see if Jermaine Pratt has anything that he can do. Like he at times actually looks really good. So I don't think they can really afford to put much more into the linebacker position with the amount of resources they've put into it. Another data point that backs this up, by the way, James, is Football Outsiders. Aaron Schatz put out a tweet today, and he's got the top five defenses in gap between DVOA with and without pressure. So this is overall passing defense efficiency with and without pressure. And these teams generally indicate that your secondary is doing pretty well because they're not relying on pressure to actually have efficiency in their pass defense. The top five teams in this metric, the San Francisco 49ers, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Buffalo Bills, the Denver Broncos, and the Minnesota Vikings generally indicates strong secondary play. The bottom five teams in this gap, the Eagles, the Packers, the Washington football team, the Jets and the Dolphins. So those teams that would generally indicate that their pass defense much better with pressure when looking at the season on the whole seems to suggest that those teams were relying on pressure for their pass defense to work. The Bengals in the former category seems to suggest that the secondary is is doing pretty okay, regardless of pressure or not. So if you get more pressure, that can only be a good thing. It, It gives you, in my opinion, another reinforcing point to go with the eye test because obviously anybody watching the game could see they weren't getting enough pressure to go with the PFF numbers to go with whatever it is that there's a lot of evidence mounting that says build your pass rush, build some depth at corners. So you're not getting LaShawn Sims picked on every play when he's on the field. And then maybe you have a functional enough defense that doesn't require a ton of investment. If you get DJ Reader back, you get Carl Lawson back 
and and you have Sam Hubbard trying to be healthy for a year. That's maybe a couple more players on the defensive line. And obviously quality depth will always be an issue, but it, it does support, you know, credit Matt Minnick on this. He's, he's been saying this Bengals defense is close all along. And if you listen to PFF, that that's secondary, very important. So you, you fix the defensive line a little bit. You have maybe a functional unit, and that will go a long way for a team that you and I agree needs to invest most of their resources this offseason on offense. And that's why when we talk about the fifth pick, and I'm sure we'll get to defense at some point, there's a couple options, but there aren't many options. There aren't many realistic options with the fifth pick. There isn't a Chase Young light. There isn't a Bradley Chubb that's that, that's going to be there. There is no one like that, that that is just the standout, oh my gosh, let's get him and plug him in and roll. And so that's why it's not like we're anti-pass rush. You know how fun it would be to say, hey, let's grab the next Chase Young. There isn't that in this class uh, unless he declares tomorrow and we we haven't heard of him yet. Right. So that's the the problem. And that's why we kind of harp on what we do. But I, I agree with you. If they can find a way to just add a, a serviceable pass rusher or two, assuming they keep their current personnel, then this defense can take another step or two forward. And that's probably why, Jake, Lou Anarumo back for a third season, for better or for worse, looks like this coaching staff is going to see it through. Up next, we're going to dive into free agency a little bit more. Some top names that have been on your radar and our radar are about to cash in. We'll discuss those guys next. But rockauto.com, it's a family-owned business. The last thing you want is to have unreliable transportation. I've used rockauto.com. It's easy. It's quick. You can avoid going to the big box store where you have to mask up and touch all these products and look for the right thing. And all they do is type it in on the computer anyway when you go to those places. You can do all of that yourself from the comfort of your own home in your sweats at rockauto.com. And the best part, it's not just the convenience. It's the variety. It's their selection. They have what you're looking for. They have models, whether it's Fiat, Kia, a Chrysler, whatever you drive, they have it. Over 300 different car makers at rockauto.com. Plenty of auto parts that are going to fulfill your needs. It's quick, it's easy, and it's the same price for do-it-yourselfers as it is for the professionals. So it's not like you're paying an upcharge for going to rockauto.com. Go there now. Check out all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And when you're done saving money on whatever you need for your car at RockAuto.com, turn that money into more money at BetOnline.ag, the only place we trust for online sports betting. They've got you covered for whatever it is you want to bet on. The NFL season is winding down. You've heard us talk about college football. You've heard us talk about the NFL playoffs. Maybe you got to switch gears and start getting ready to bet in the NBA. You got James Harden going up to Brooklyn on Wednesday, shaking things up, making some waves. Victor Oladipo going down to Houston with John Wall. Figure out what you like and find a way to make the best bet for you, if it's a player prop, if it's a parlay, if it's betting on the money line, they can do it all at betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on that action. And don't forget to use a promo code locked on. They'll give you a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
Jake, it goes without saying, but we we say it all the time here. I think every Bengals fan has said it in one form, fashion over the past, really past year, is that they need to add offensive line help, whether it's the draft, whether it's free agency. They're going to have to do it. I think you and I both agree that going the veteran route and adding something of significance uh, in the offensive line room in free agency is the way to go. And two guys that we talk about a lot that are mentioned a lot, Taylor Moten, the Carolina Panthers, the right tackle. He played every snap last year and uh, it, well, this year and Joe Tooney, the New England Patriots guard, the Ohio native. And those are two of the seven free agents that made ESPN's list. Field Yates wrote it of free agents that are expected to, to be paid more than you think. And it's it's crazy because, of course, the the one thing the Bengals need and a lot of teams need um, is offensive linemen. And you're going to have to overspend. And it's interesting because I'm not sure if Moten's even going to get the free agency. The Panthers could franchise tag him or just try to get a deal done between now and, and, and the deadline for that. Or maybe they don't. And he does hit free agency. On the flip side, Joe Tooney coming off of a franchise tag year, I would expect him Now to hit free agency, I don't think the Patriots would consider tagging him again. I don't think that would make much financial sense at all. But the concern here, Jake, would be, do you really think the Bengals are going to almost overspend to pay a guard? And so when I saw this, I was like, oh, pump the brakes here. I'm not sure if the Bengals are going to go in on either of these guys, especially if Moten doesn't make it to free agency. I think that they know they need to do something in the trenches specifically the offensive trenches. I mean, we talked just previously about the need for some pass rush as well, but I think they know they need to do something. Now, Joe Tooney was already one of the top paid guards in the NFL last year. He was actually the top paid left guard and the only guard that had a bigger annual average salary per year is also a free agent this year, by the way, James. Brandon Scherf, who is probably the better between the two players. But Joe Tooney is a guy that's been an absolute stalwart. He's been incredibly consistent for the New England Patriots. And we talked a little bit with Brad from PFF and over the cap, PFF over the cap Brad, about the Bengals signing a guard. And that conversation kind of concluded with, well, you know, maybe this is a team where it actually makes sense to go win on a guard because of the marginal value. You talk about the the general positional value at guard, but when you go from the worst guard play in the NFL, which the Bengals had for a lot of, if not most of the season, to one of the best guards in the NFL, assuming a relatively solid transition for a guy like Tooney, who is relatively young, he's 28 years old, 29 next year, I guess, but that marginal difference when you have that glaring weakness could be a bigger difference in wins and losses for the Bengals and some other teams. So that's what they have to grapple with. Historically, you would say their track record, track record suggests they would never pay a guard in free agency, even their own. Eric Steinbach, Kevin Zeitler. I mean, the only guy they've kept is Clint Bowling, and that's because they got him on a hell of a deal, quite frankly. So I, I don't know what the the breaking point would have to be. They, they clearly have a, a very strong organizational belief in the positional value of interior offensive linemen. 
They got Xavier Suofilo last year for what they, I'm sure, think is a bargain. So I, I don't know where their breaking point is. And and you're right that it does suggest that maybe they instead spend that money to tackle. But the tackle options, man, I mean, you're talking Boko Bucks. You're talking Trent Williams being mm-hmm. one of those guys. He's probably going to get $20 million a year. And there's not a whole lot else if Taylor Moten goes back to his team. And even Taylor Moten probably in that $17 million range. So where do the Bengals find help on the offensive line this year? Because the those guys just get so much money in free agency, it's hard to find the deals. And you're not going to get the deal. And that's okay because your deal is number nine. And that's that's the bottom line here. Sometimes it's okay to overspend. It's okay to overpay. And maybe that is guard. Maybe that is tackle. I, I prefer tackle. There's no denying that. I think if they could get a rock-solid right tackle, and then who knows? Maybe they still do draft Penny Sewell, but it, they don't need a tackle going into the draft. That's the last thing I want is needing that and feeling like you need to reach. Um, th- that being said, if it's a guy like Tooney or a bunch of just C-plus veteran Xavier Suofilo types uh, – Let's roll with Tooney that, you know, get him in here because you need to have, I mean, who's their best offensive lineman right now? Jonah Williams. Well, we don't know if he can stay healthy and Trey, Trey Hopkins is injured now. Like there's just question marks all over. So it's worth it to me to spend that, that type of money in the reason it's okay to do that is when you have a rookie quarterback uh, and now a quarterback on a rookie contract that is really good. It allows you to splurge elsewhere. Well, we've talked a lot about, you know, wide receiver and, and potentially drafting a wide receiver early. Well, if they do that, the wide receiver room's cheap too. Tyler Boyd's the only one that's going to be making any money in that damn room. So guess what you can do? You can splurge in other areas. And that could be guard. That could be tackle. Hopefully it's both. And and so this shouldn't scare. I hope it doesn't because this type of article, you know, Tooney making 15 to 16 million per uh, Moten making, you know, 15 to 17 million per, this shouldn't scare away the Bengals because they can do that. They can do that because that's basically what Andy Dalton was making, right? For all those years. And and that can kind of replace it because Burrow isn't making that. So hopefully it, it doesn't scare them away and they're willing to pay top dollar and hell Trent Williams. You knew I liked him last year, 20 million sign me up. If he, if he's available and, and he hits free agency and I think he's going to, uh, try to land a meeting with him because I, I know he's going to want to get paid, but it, it might be worth it. The The challenge for the Bengals is going to be free agency in the offensive line this year is just shallow. It's just going to be hard. There's going to be a lot of competition for the premier talent. Those guys are going to get paid, but you heard us talk about it yesterday. They have the money to extend or tag both Lawson and and uh, William Jackson and sign a mega deal for one of these offensive linemen, maybe two of them, depending. They might have enough money for both depending on the moves they make. They can't do it. We'll find out how committed they are to making some dramatic improvements in the offensive line this year because if if they're just going to say, hey, we got Frank Pollock now, guys. We got the big, bad Jim Turner out of town. Your your punching bag is gone. We did what the fans wanted. If they're going to roll that out again and roll with the same hope as a plan kind of thing again, I mean, you're, you're going to totally lose people like me 
that, that are looking for some sort of future on this offensive line, especially in pass protection. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. It's the weekend mailbag. The mailbag moving back to the weekend now that the regular season and the Bengals playing football is over for a little bit here. Get those questions ready. We'll put up a thread tomorrow on the Lockdown Bengals Twitter account at Lockdown Bengals on Twitter to get your questions for the mailbag. Until then, Bengals fans, day, and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.